This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What is up, my friends? You are very welcome along to tonight's not-so-late-night agenda, early-evening agenda tonight. There is, of course, a lot for us to discuss over the next hour or so. We're going to be bringing you the latest on Liverpool's pursuit of justice. We're going to be telling you why the media are hypocrites. Well, a good selection of the media are hypocrites and why there is clearly... Uh, a will to keep the status quo and I'm not happy about it and I'm sure you guys aren't as well so as always thank you guys for your time I really do appreciate you being here with us over the next hour or so I'm going to do my best to keep you informed and up to date with where we're at in the process asking you guys along the way to let me know your thoughts of course and yeah appreciate your time and well done scratch as well you're right with the hoodie gray hoodie today buddy and you know why it's a gray hoodie today i'll let you in on a secret on days where i have to do stuff on anfield agenda and then on top of the league i like to have a color that doesn't interfere with the color scheme of either studio and gray seems to be a pretty good way to do that so of course you may be aware i'm going to do a watch along on top of the league um, as soon as this stream is over we're going to be covering Fulham Chelsea tonight and love you guys to come over there so where are we at well Liverpool are considering their next move and have requested that the the audio from the VAR instance was was put out there and as of yet I haven't seen uh, a response to this there is something put out that says the PGMOL are considering their next move after receiving a formal request from Liverpool to release the audio conversation between the match officials leading to Luis Diaz goal so good and I hope it is released and I don't see why they won't release it because if they truly want to be transparent then this should be a straightforward process right we get to hear the audio we get to hear the audio for ourselves and we get to see how communication broke down and we get to see what went wrong. Surely that's a minimum expectation, right? Surely that's the least we as football fans deserve. Let's wait and see. Craig holding the most handsome man on YouTube. Well, when you're right, you're right, says nobody. But I'll take it, mate. I'll take it. Look, I'm really angry. And I'm really angry in particular at one little... One little yes man, one little company man, one little two-faced weasel of a man, Gary Neville. One day you're in support of Liverpool, one day you had sympathy for the problem, the next day... Well, the next day, Gary, you're reverting to type again, becoming the company yes man. And it is no surprise to me that there is a particular group of journalists that are, shall we say, mocking the process. Now, let me ask the world one simple question, because you all love to take the social media journalists to laugh at Liverpool, to talk about undermining the process, and to say that Liverpool are a bit off the wall requesting a replay of the game. One question for you all. Show me anywhere, and I mean 
anywhere where anybody associated to Liverpool Football Club has asked for that game to be replayed. Please show me. Because you all love to laugh and joke about it. Jonathan Liu, Tim Vickery, Gary Neville coming out and talking about Liverpool using dangerous language. I'm going to tell you why you're all cowards. I'm going to tell you why you need to stand up for the game you profess to love and push aside the bias. The status quo isn't working. PGMOL apologising isn't worth the apology. How many times do we have to hear an apology before we ask for change? Now, Gary... Using your own language, and I'm going to read out Mr. Gary Neville's post to you because, well, I think it bears repeating. This is what Gary Neville has had to say. He said, Jurgen Klopp handled the situation well last night after the game. Most football fans will have had empathy with what happened and recognised it was wrong. So, so far, all good, right? Gary's saying what we all think. Now he goes on and shows, however, Liverpool's statement tonight is a mistake. Talk of exploring all options. What does that mean? Well, Gary, it means they're going to explore all options. Those open to them, legally. Not that difficult to comprehend, is it? Now he goes on to say, And sporting integrity are dangerous phrases, along with being vague and aggressive. Yes, Gary, they are aggressive, because, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, mate, we were robbed. So what would you expect us to do? He goes on to say, Sorry we fucked up was good enough. I said this last night. Sorry should be respected and not undervalued. This is a snap reaction that can always be wrong, but I feel strongly about it. So Gary, using your own logic, pound shop logic I might add, all the, all the Glazers have to do tonight, Gary, is just come out and say to you and the Manchester United fan base, lads, we are sincerely sorry for everything we've done over a tenure at Manchester United. We mean this from the bottom of our hearts and we will look to do better moving forward. And that's it then, Gary, right? That's the end of that process because, and I'm using your own words here, Gary, sorry should be respected and not undervalued. So, Gary, a little apology there from the Glazers and we're all tickety-boo, right? We'll never have to listen to you on Sky again, crying and whinging how everything is to do with the Glazers when Manchester United lose a game of football, right? Right. Of course that's not going to happen, Gary, because we all live in the real world. How many times do you accept the word sorry? How many times should we be accept to just accept these failures? These absolute failures by people who have nobody governing them, nobody policing them. They police themselves. It's not good enough. Now, it doesn't end with Gary Neville. We're going to move on to Mr. Tim Vickery now. He said, silly statement from Liverpool. What options do they want to explore? Does this include replaying the Champions League final in 2019 because of the wrongly awarded handball penalty at the start of the game? Tim, I have a lot of respect for you as a journalist. I've always admired your work, but you are very, very wrong. Tim, what the difference in this process is, unlike that penalty you're on about, which was awarded through the laws of the game at that time as UEFA had them, they also went through every step of the process. Going to VAR, having it checked, coming back to the referee. No fault in the process, you salty little twat. Now we move on to Jonathan Liu, another one you'll see every day on Sky Sports, another one you'll see popping up on the back page of show most nights. This is what this little Omadon has had to say. Replay Spurs versus Liverpool, replay the 2005 Champions League semi-final, replay France versus Ireland, replay the beach ball game, replay the entire 1978 World Cup. Actually, on reflection, let's just start the entire game again, the entire sport. Jonathan is also a Spurs fan. Jonathan is also, apparently, a clown. How can a journalist of such esteem post that nonsense on social media? By the way, Jonathan, all you've managed to do there is once again show that officiating and those looking after it aren't fit for purpose. So, yes, Ireland should have had that game against France replayed. And, yes, the beach ball goal should not have stood. Again, all you're doing is showing us that these people aren't fit for purpose. And trying to undermine it with your own London Spurs-centric bias is, quite frankly, embarrassing. These are the people who are already forming a narrative and an agenda to stop Liverpool requesting mere transparency from those who are in charge of refereeing. And they're looking to undermine it already, before the process has even started. Hang your heads in shame, you cowards. You were supposed to be journalists. You were supposed to be above tribalism. You were supposed to be asking the questions of those in power on behalf of those who love the game. You're not doing it. You're not fit for purpose. Hang your heads in shame. All of you. 
not good enough. Why should we have to take this crap? Why should we have our hopes and dreams and the hard work of those players undermined because Simon Hooper, Darren England and the rest of those officials aren't fit for purpose? Why? Why should we have to accept it? We shouldn't. We won't. I'm fed up of this stuff. You will have seen it yourselves today, my friends. You will have seen the undermining of the process. Again, I'm going to ask. When have Liverpool asked for a replay? Show me any text from the football club or any audio that specifically shows that Liverpool want the game replayed. It hasn't happened because it doesn't exist. This is a joke. So we had, what, 24 hours of sympathy and now all of a sudden it's back to the status quo? Nah, not on my watch. I'm not going to let this go. And I hope football fans don't let it go. Because it's not just Liverpool. Everybody, and I mean every single Premier League club and their fans, will have a justifiable reason why they have lost faith in VAR. And I think rather than calling us all conspiracy theorists and telling us all to shut up, we need to have a proper investigation. This needs to be a point where the PGMOL, the Premier League and those that govern the game need to come together and try to save the integrity of the sport. And if you aren't on that side, if you aren't on the side of looking for transparency and integrity, then you're part of the problem. My apologies for my rant, but this is becoming an embarrassment at this point. These lads have a platform. They have high paying jobs. They're esteemed journalists. Their job is to ask the questions. Their job is not to push aside and show their club biases. Jonathan Liu, a Spurs fan, and he thinks we can't see through that tripe. I will happily debate any single one of them, any of them on this matter, but they won't because they're cowards. That's why. And it's not because I think I'm anything special. It's because unlike Mr. Neville, Mr. Vickery, Mr. Liu and many other people, I genuinely, truly care about the integrity of a sport I've loved since I was a child. Lads, it's, 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 a, it's a pivotal moment for our sport right now. There's 14 or 15 instances, I believe, of the PGMOL issuing apologies. We all seen Howard Webb on Sky with Michael Owen patting themselves on the back for a job well done. How brilliant they've been since they've come in. How the correct decisions have increased. Nonsense. You're just skipping over the parts you don't want to talk about. And by the way, if anything else through this entire process... I hope those people that still think I'm a plastic Liverpool fan realise what this club and this thing means to me. Because like every single one of you, I've lost sleep, I've felt angry, my personal life has suffered a little bit from it, because that's how much this means to me. That's how much this sport means to me. That's how much this being around for the next generation and the integrity of the sport being intact means to me. Uh, Callum Spence said, I'm glad we're going for them and I hope we still keep at them until something changes. Uh, why can they fine us for anything but nobody can speak up? They're scared to do it. Oh yeah, Liverpool have been fined 25 grand as well because of the red cards and that at the game and because of the uh, failure to keep our players controlled, I think. Adzer said, the whole situation with the match on Saturday has been incredibly corrupt. The decisions made on Saturday were a robbery and criminal. Now look, we have to be very, 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 very careful throwing the word criminal around because I haven't at any point insinuated that there's anything criminal going on here. It could just be a bias. It could just be a failure of communication. It could be many things, but what it isn't is transparent and what it isn't is good enough. I'm a United fan and I have to ask if you think the Jones red card should be overturned because the Casemiro red against Southampton was very similar and I'd be interested to know what you think if this was more deserved. So, let me one sec, mate. I've got to plug my mouse in for a sec because it's dead. Um, do I think it should be overturned? Look, I don't think we can 
what about the situation? And what I mean by that, Nick, is not to underplay what happened with Casemiro. I don't have as much information to hand about what happened to Casemiro because I'm a Liverpool fan and I didn't pay that much attention to it. That's the honest answer. With regards to the Jones red card being overturned, I find the threshold to be very hard because it was reviewed. They did ask the ref to go to the monitor and the ref made his decision. So in that context, no, I don't think the red card will be overturned. But I do have questions about the process of how we got to Curtis Jones being sent off. That process for me involved the referee being nudged in the right direction with a still image of the worst part of the challenge when he went over to the monitor. Also, slow motion. And I think we will all agree on this, Nick, as a United fan or a Liverpool fan or whoever, that none of these things should be looked at in slow motion because the game isn't played in slow motion. Why on earth slow motion started to come into these VAR replays? I don't know. Because the referee, if you can't see it in real time, if you can't see it and it's not that obvious, surely this undermines the entire process. So, honestly, I'm not trying to get out of answering you. I don't remember enough of the Casemiro incident. But I'm sure there's more than that. I'm sure there's more than just our incident, your incident. I'm sure every club will have a similar type of red that they feel. But just let me say this, Nick. Liverpool are either the most unlucky team in the Premier League or something is just a bit off because we have topped the fair play charts for five years on the Jurgen Klopp. This year, we've had four red cards in seven games. And I don't think that we're a particularly dirty team. That game against Spurs had a total of 12 cards. And again, I'll say, I don't particularly think it was a dirty game. I don't understand how there was 12 cards in that game. And look, I've gone back over other instances on top of the league. We've looked at the Rodri handball that wasn't given for Everton. We've looked at Ivan Tony's goal that was given when Norgaard was in a very clear offside position and VAR ignored it. What we didn't look at because we only had enough, you know, we only had a few options to use was the Manchester City goal against Fulham, where I don't know if it was Ake the head of it and um Who's the other dude that they brought in? Ake headed it. And the dude they brought in for Borussia Dortmund, can't think of his name at the minute, jumped over the ball and it went in. So look, there are lots and lots of instances. And I am not here in any way to say Liverpool are hard done by and everybody else. Something went wrong. Please try again. All right, love. You're right, it did. You're absolutely right, it did, love. You're right. Could you talk to Gary Neville there for us, mate? Cheers, if you wouldn't mind. Even Siri knows something went wrong. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers Nick. And again, I'm not trying to get get out of answering your question, but I'm um, just trying to uh, give you an honest assessment of where we are. Akanji, yes, thank you, Akanji. I couldn't think of his name. Nothing worse than when you're middle in the midst of a bit of a, a bit of a flow of conversation, your mind goes blank. Uh, Colin said, and thank you for the super chat. Said, hey there, sexy ball man. So proud of the team we've here in Klopp. May have cooked something special. This team could really accomplish great things. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we left that game on Saturday with a lot of answers as, as football fans, as Liverpool fans. like We have a special group of players. We have a group of players that will play for the shirt. And I, again, I've mentioned it many times, but I'm nothing but proud of the way they handle themselves and the way that they fought for the shirt on Saturday. So proud. And, you know, it was heartache at the end. Nothing Joel could do about it. It was just one of those things. Craig, uh, I'm concerned this might be the end of our title march. Thoughts? I mean, I'm somebody myself that loves a bit of a siege mentality. Um, so if I'm Jürgen, I'm definitely, you know, using this to rally the troops. And I expect a response from our boys because that's the type of lads that they are. And I think we'll see that over the next couple of games. Um, but I don't know about this and our title charge is too early to write that off or confirm that either way. You know, you're optimistic, though, about what we've seen. Uh, most United fans are with Liverpool, lad. Listen, if I had to pick a team for it to happen to, I'd pick Liverpool because it's funny. And that's part of the rivalry. But we hate awful officiating more. Uh, Jammy Jam Jars. What a name, by the way. I love that name. Buddy, I'm with you. And I've said this on many streams over the past few days. My... um. I'm trying to use the right word here without getting myself in trouble. My admiration for some opposition fans, United fans, Evertonians, some City fans even, 
my esteem in which I hold you guys in has only gone up over the past few days. And I'm not labelling any of what I'm saying here are fans. I'm talking about the fact that people with huge market influence, like Gary Neville, like Jonathan Liu, like Tim Vickery, are reverting to type. And they aren't looking for solutions to the problems we're all facing. So yes, thank you to yourself, Jammy Jam Jars, and many other fans who've been behind us. Because as I've always said, and I have, it's us this week, it will be you next week, and you will want us beside you, and we will be there. Because we should be. This has gone beyond a joke at this point. Uh, we've been here before. Just remember 21-22 when Kane should have got a red card. 18-19, company should have got a red card. Rodri handball in 21-22 as well. We lost the league by one point both seasons, said the detective. Yeah. And as I said, we know only too well the heartache of losing a league title by uh, a point or two. And what we can't accept is it evens itself out because that's not scientific. That's hearsay. That's opinions. That's lazy. Surely everybody involved from the Premier League to everybody's club fans to my own club fans to FIFA, UEFA, everybody should want this matter transparently investigated and all information made public because we need to trust the process. Uh, the Scouser said, I bet you if it was City or United, they would have gave the goal and given Jones a yellow card. My whole thing about the Jones incident was a lot of the times you look to the player for a response in these situations. And Curtis Jones, to me, looked astounded to be getting a yellow, let alone the red that followed. Um, and again, I'm going to say, nobody's asked for a replay from Liverpool's side. All Liverpool have said is they're going to explore all options available to them and escalate the matter. What's wrong with that? Why all of a sudden are we being mocked for asking for a replay that nobody's asked for? Do you think VAR is the problem or the officials or both? So I think VAR officials are the problem in the PGMOL and let me explain why. I don't feel that the PGMOL have used technology to its fullest, and I mean VAR to its fullest. Couple of questions. One, what is this clear and obvious threshold and why does it only apply to certain instances? Why isn't the clear and obvious mistake a clear and obvious mistake? Example, Diogo Jota got sent off for a second yellow. Nobody I've spoken to has any qualms about the second yellow card. Nobody. But what was a clear and obvious error was the first booking where it had nothing to do with Diogo Jota. Why is it that that can't be changed? Not just for us, but for anybody. If VAR is brought in to remove clear and obvious errors, that has to apply across the board or else we're just back to selectivity and subjectivity. Also, the, v the PGMOL and the Premier League had the opportunity to use semi-assisted offside technology. It's good enough for the Champions League, the premier competition in world football, and it works. Why are we not using it? Why are we again showing that we have to be a step behind everybody else? Even the implementation of VAR at the Premier League was a season behind most other high-profile leagues. Why? Why is it that we don't get the audio release from these exchanges? Why is it that we are still talking about subjective decisions in a black and white situation. Human error could have been avoided by removing the human and using the semi-automated assistant. It is a disgrace what happened. It is not good enough. And if I'm not mistaken, and I am sincerely open to being corrected on this, but I have a memory of Howard Webb being in charge of officials in the MLS an incident happening in the game that was incorrect and Howard Webb ordering the game to be replayed from the point of that incorrect decision. I'm open to be corrected on that, but I have a, I have a recollection of it in the back of my mind. Now, open to be corrected to some extent, but if that's the case and it's good enough for the MLS and it was good enough for Howard Webb at that point, if it is the case, how all of a sudden has the uh, situation changed? Why all of a sudden are we laughed at? City charges are now PGMOL are corrupt coincidence. Well, look at it this way. With the Manchester City situation, what have we seen? We've seen it take four and a half years so far to get to a point where there's still no resolution. We've seen and heard 
that the embassy over in Abu Dhabi was, uh, let's just say, spoken to about the situation with Manchester City. Also, we have Premier League referees on a jaunt over to United Arab Emirates, whose capital is Abu Dhabi, for midweek games on a Thursday when they're back refereeing on a Saturday. Now, a couple of questions here. One, do you think that doesn't look like maybe we could draw a line to say a little bit suspect at best? And if you're all about integrity and transparency, why are they allowed to do it? Why should they do it? Because coming back on a Friday jet lag because i think it's a six or seven hour flight and a three hour time difference and a couple of time zones to fly through and we expect these guys to be at their best on a saturday we expect them to not be jet lagged to be focused and to be able to make the right decisions when they've just shown they can't so again why did the pgmol grant permission for that and how does nobody look at it and think there may well be absolutely nothing to this or it might look a bit wrong and if it looks a bit wrong and it smells a bit wrong, probably best to avoid it. Because, you know, we want to be transparent and fair and above reproach. You, know, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. If I tried to make this up, I'd be laughed at. But we're all just told to sit there and shut up, you know. We're sorry. Sorry isn't good enough in this instance. If this doesn't become the catalyst for change, I don't know what will. Webb approved them to go to the UAE. I know. I know only too well, mate. It's a joke. Like, how does that not look like a potential conflict of interests when you have that country owning a team in the Premier League, either directly or indirectly, but certainly having a massive influence on a club in the Premier League? And we're allowing the officials to jaunt off over there for nice little nixers, nice little side gigs. And we don't think that looks a bit wrong. Uh, Lauren said, rematch being tossed around is classic case of mixing in fan discourse with actual true statements from Liverpool. Same as Neville saying, aggressive. That's his opinion, not a fact. Yes, Lauren, you're spot on. And again, I'm going to join some dots here. Jonathan Liu, Gary Neville, both of them, regulars on sky and this isn't just down to sky by the way i'm not trying to, i have immense respect for some journalists at sky cave solacol will forever be somebody i hold in high esteem after his amazing coverage of the champions league final in paris and his very 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 supportive nature and reporting of what happened to those liverpool and real madrid fans at the hands of uefa and at the hands of heavy-handed policing and i'll forever be in in his He'll forever be in my regards because of that. It was top-notch reporting and made a big difference. But this stuff, this is undermining it again. And it, it feels to me like certain people want the status quo to be kept. And certain people want us to all just, for want of a better phrase, know our place. Uh, my thoughts too, wait for... I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means, Matthew. You said way for too scared not to to be bright. I don't know what that means, but Neville changed his tune. Said Sergu Sky told him to shut up. Now I'm not saying Sky told Neville to do anything, but he certainly changed his tune. You know, um, I think Gary's getting a bit ahead of himself at times here. You know, again using his own logic. All the Glazers have to do is apologise and Gary has to respect that and take it at face value because, you know, it means a lot, doesn't it? An apology, Gary. And by the way, Gary, if I've offended you with any of this, mate, I sincerely apologise. Talk about Maca fine, please. So, I don't, has that been issued yet? Or I know that Liverpool or uh, Alexis McAllister could receive a fine for a social media post. And do you know what? I've no problem with that. He vented. He was angry. And if he gets fined, he gets fined. Honestly, you have to show professionalism at some points here. So, what Gary Neville said was right. How Jurgen Klopp handled the incident post-match, I thought was impeccable. Obviously, as a fan and somebody who's a bit more emotional, I want there. Uh, I want vengeance, but Jurgen was top notch and Gary in that part was spot on. 
So, some good news from James Pearce around Cody Gakpo. Cody Gakpo was set to miss the games versus uh, Union Sangolese and Brighton, but thankfully he avoided serious injury. So that's a little bit of good news there. And fingers crossed we'll have Cody Gakpo back after the international break. Um, so good, some good news, because we were all obviously concerned when Cody went off that he'd done some serious damage. So good news in that regard. Simon Hooper should not be in charge of such a big game this season. Should have had... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. More experienced referee. So here's the thing, Andrew, sea fishing. He's the referee that didn't give a penalty when Onana came out against Wolves. He's the referee that sent Alexis McAllister off for a challenge that was at best a yellow. Uh, he's the referee that, of course, was in charge of the fiasco at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday night. And, in my opinion, not fit for purpose. And I mean that in both sense of the words. Craig, every Tottenham fan is posting an incorrect angle of the Jones tackle. I have no time for tribalism. I have no in this situation I've got no time for people trying to justify it because you know what I'm going to be sincere and honest and if this gets me in trouble so be it but when you are tribal and when you look at things to suit your own narrative in this case of course Spurs fans won the game and they don't want their victory to be undermined and they are looking to say this was the correct decision that was the correct decision but what you do when you are so single-minded and tribalistic, is you undermine the integrity of everything else because you allow the corruption, you allow the incorrect decision-making to go ahead because people think, well, we're only annoying certain part here, some others are on side. If you don't stand up and speak up, if you don't call these out, if you don't demand better, then you're part of the problem. And I, as somebody who loves the sport, don't want the game to be destroyed. We've had so many instances over the years of corruption in football, be they over in Serie A or what's going on currently in Spain with Barcelona looks very interesting. And if you can't push aside your tribal bullshit for the sake of the integrity of the sport, then you're part of the problem. I don't know who this phrase comes from or exactly what it's about but there's a phrase that i'm kind of paraphrasing here that says all that's needed for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing and that's what happens people who try to undermine the rest of us are allowing this type of nonsense to carry on because people will feel emboldened that they can continue to get away with it and everybody claims to love football we all have our own teams but you love the sport you grew up thinking about scoring at a World Cup final. You grew up with your mates playing football outside. And you grew up and dreamt about going from rags to riches. And about it being a fair and transparent process along the way. And it isn't at the minute. And if you can't see that. And you aren't willing to stand with people who are trying to not ask for special treatment. We're just trying to use this as a catalyst to ask for change. And if that isn't in your agenda. Then... I don't really want that to do with you. Uh, say no to racism. We're with Adogi. I don't know what's going on there. I'm assuming he probably received some racist social media posts. If that's the case, that's vile. Uh, 
And I'm with you on that one, mate, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I'm very sorry for him if he's received that. And yes, we need to get behind and support him and we need to remove that from our sport 100%. Excuse me, I just don't want to cough down the mic. Look at other sports and you can see how this can be done properly. Look at rugby. Rugby, we can take so many examples from. Not only are they transparent with the audio recordings, not only are they fair, but kids are thought to respect referees, and that grows because the referees are sincerely doing their best. And it is a transparent process, and that's from underage right up. If we want to teach our kids, and we should, that referees should be respected, we need to show that from an early age, but we also need to be treated like grown-ups by these officials. All the introduction of VAR has seemed to do, at least in England, because I don't know enough about the likes of Serie A, La Liga and the referees, is to make quasi-celebrities out of some of these officials and to make former celebrities, or former referees I should say, celebrities on TV, getting their opinion, talking about ref watch. The whole point, if we go back to the introduction of VAR, was to remove these conversations, was to stop the debates down the pub with you and your mates. And we're not getting that. We're just getting more defending of the officials by people on TV who used to work with them. How is that fair? It's nonsense. You might as well scrap VAR altogether and at least let us say, well, you got away with one there. Because we all understand that refereeing is not easy. We all understand that referee and their assistants have a very difficult job. That's what the technology was there to assist. Would you have Mike Dean saying he didn't want to send his mate to the monitor? Just didn't want to. That's a problem. Uh, I know you've asked for this before, but are you looking for moderators now? We don't need any more, mate, at the minute. You know, um, our moderators are doing a cracking job. And I don't know if it's just people in the chat are nicer these days and people are enjoying the community. But, you know, touch wood, buddy. The chat's been awesome. VR was a bad idea. Uh, it just took the joy of true human error and turned it into fuel for conspiracy theories. So, some technology has been wonderful. Like, goal line technology. I think there's been maybe a hand, like three or four genuine technical errors that we can understand. But ultimately, goal line technology has been amazing and nobody really argues with it. But some things where you have potential human error and you can talk about improving procedures and processes and whatnot. But if you have technology that exists that can basically tell you if someone's offside or not, what, why not use the technology and potentially remove an error? Rather than saying that the VAR officials have to go through this process, that process, draw the line here, because they miss stuff. And they've been shown to miss stuff. Um, Norgard, for the Brentford game, offside, and they forgot. Other lines drawn in the wrong places. It's... Now, if you think anything other than the PGMOL are right now, not sitting in a war room somewhere, trying to get their story straight, and trying to present a united front across all platforms when they respond to this, then more fool you. Because that's exactly what they're doing. They will have brought in, I'm sure, PR consultants, and they will have been sitting down planning out with solicitors, PR consultants, and their members exactly what they're going to do next. But you know what they haven't done? Say, fair enough, boys, we shit the bed, here's the audio, here's what went wrong, and here's what we're going to do about it. That's what would happen. In any other walk of life, you'd demand this. If police were wearing body cameras and somebody was beaten up and there was an accusation that the police did it, you know, illegally, you would rightly want that camera footage and you would be on to the police to get the camera footage out and the press would be on and everybody would be like, show the footage, show the footage. You might have to redact stuff, of course, which could take a bit of time. But this process, this could have been out in an hour. There were dozens of images of lines with Diaz goal. It was 64 centimetre difference. The eye test 
could have told you that was onside. But according to the PGMOL, what happened was, I think it was Darren England was the official official in VAR duty. He thought the goal had been awarded. So he looked at it. Apparently he did draw the lines and he said check complete because he assumed incorrectly that the goal had been given. Now, two questions. One, why was he not looking at the players' reactions when Diaz's celebration stopped? Why was he not looking at the linesman's flag? And also, what was his assistant doing? Why wasn't somebody saying, stop, stop, stop? Why didn't somebody say, don't let the free kick taken, blow the whistle, we need more time? So not only did the VAR official fail, not only did the communications between the referee, the linesman and the VAR fail, the backup assistant VAR failed. So clearly, it's not fit for purpose. Ruben said, you watch Reds games and you watch other games also. Buddy, I literally have another channel where I'm doing a watch-along at uh, half past seven of other games. I did a video yesterday on five major VAR mistakes in 2023 that included United, Liverpool, uh, Everton, Brighton, Arsenal, Brentford, uh, City and a few other clubs. So, yes, mate, I do talk about other stuff as well. But Liverpool are my club and this is a Liverpool channel. Why did they say check complete and not awarded? Not like goal awarded or offside. Apparently the process is to say check complete. Now, surely to say award the goal or don't award the goal would make more sense. And also, look at the expression on Simon Hooper's face after Spurs restart with the free kick. Because it feels to me like he'd been told something in his ear. Now, I've no proof of this yet, which is why we asked for the audio. But it feels to me like they knew. They knew very quickly that something had gone wrong. And do you know what? If they did know, they certainly didn't try to go about making up for it in any way, did they? They continued to undermine Liverpool with the red cards. Hooper couldn't get the cards out of his pocket that day quick enough. 12 cards in the game. 12 for a game that wasn't a dirty game in any way, shape or form. In cricket, the captain is allowed to question the decision of the ref. The rugby ref is really professional having the audio for football. I refuse to say the word soccer, dude, in in the context you're doing it. It's football. Um, But yeah, of course. Look, nobody wants referees interviewed after games. Nobody thinks that referees can't or won't make a mistake. But it's more than a mistake. And when you've got the same person at the scene of the crime, Simon Hooper, over and over again in this instance, surely something has to give. You know, the Onana incident. Nonsense. That didn't even need to go to VAR. Anybody could have seen that was a penalty. And again, that's not anti-United. That's just an instance. The incident where uh, Rodri's handball, fairly straightforward. And that could have relegated Everton. That could have had unbelievable implications to Everton's survival as a football club. Um, If we judge red cards based on outcome, injuring a player seriously, then every jump and elbow up uh, or every jump and one player rolls over another could be seen as endangering an opponent. Yes. And this going down holding your face bullshit needs to stop as well because it's undermining actual head injuries. And everybody wants to stop and protect people with genuine head injuries. But you've all seen it now. Somebody will get something on their shoulder and they'll go down holding their jaw because they know it'll get the game stopped. It's been used to people's advantage again. And yes, in this instance there, everybody knew that that was not a red card. Neville said that on comms. Anybody that's ever played football knew that that Jones incident was not a red card. But when you look at something in slow motion, it looks, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a handball, a tackle, anything, in slow motion looks far more intentful. And the game isn't played in slow motion. And something else we all have to remember here is football's a contact sport. You can't stop people hitting each other. You can't stop people going for 50-50 challenges and crunching into each other. That's going to happen. 
so there's a clip floating around earlier of a previous VAR call being shown and they were saying goal or no goal rather than check complete. Now, again, I'm going to say, is it possible that the referee that was in VAR duty that day maybe was a little bit fatigued from his jaunt over to the United Arab Emirates? Was the jet lag part of the reasoning why maybe he was off that day? You'd have to say, as a rational human being who has travelled himself, who has suffered jet lag, and who has worked and come back from a holiday or a trip and gone straight back into doing some work, I know my own work has suffered. I know my own concentration and focus levels aren't there. I know I'm not as mentally sharp. I know I coast through certain things. So are we as rational human beings not supposed to believe that perhaps that could have played into what happened that day? And again, ask the question, why were they allowed to go? Are they, are they that hard up for money? If they're that hard up for money and if they feel like they're not being paid enough, that's a separate conversation. And look, full transparency. I've seen the figures that referees are paid across other European leagues. And the Premier League, it's not at the top of that list. So I would be open to a conversation about officials receiving far higher pay if that's the problem. But what it opens us up to is the question of, is there an undue influence? Is the United Arab Emirates, in this instance, potentially opening up a can of worms that we can come back from? Maybe, maybe not. But at the very worst, it looks suspect. Or at the very least, excuse me, it looks, looks suspect. What's your real name? Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's Jesus, El Saviour Christ. My real name is Craig, mate. See on the screen there where it says Craig? <laughs> Hi, I'm Craig. <laughs> nice to meet you, Ruben. I'm only joking, mate. Nice to have you in. Um, How about Udogi asking for Jada's yellow off him? What I don't understand is why the clear and obvious threshold stuff only applies when they wanted to. If it's a really bad mistake surely we want that cleared up no matter what it is whether it's a corner being awarded when it should have been a goal kick because somebody could score from that corner if we have the technology to correct human error in any instance quickly why is it not being used because we've all seen but one replay half the time refs have got it wrong and players should have had a goal kick or a corner or vice versa so we either want to remove the errors or we don't. They draw their own thresholds because they still need to have some subjectivity into it. They'll use the excuse that it will slow down the game, but they're also whacking on 10 minutes of added on time every game pretty much for I don't know what. Oh, and also, why is it that only some referees are willing to dish out the yellows for looking for yellow cards? Why is it that it's punished some of the time and others clearly get away with asking for people to be booked? Again, why? It's either good for the goose and good for the gander, or it isn't. Uh, love from India. Thank you, my friend. Love right back over to you. Um, we know over the years we've had some lovely uh, conversations with our friends over in India. We've done some video calls with some supporters clubs over in India as well. And uh, it's a pleasure, mate. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Craig, the referee that showed red to Alexis wasn't Simon Hooper. It was Thomas Brammel and Paul Tierney on VAR. Was it? Again, I'm, I'm always open to be corrected. I definitely remember Tierney on VAR and Constantine Hadzidakis was the assistant VAR. But I thought Hooper was the ref for that match, no? Again, if I'm wrong, I do apologise to both Simon Hooper and, of course, to you guys. So, in that instance, if I'm wrong on that one, my apologies, hands up. It was Bramwell. My apologies. My apologies on that one for, for um, sincere apologies. I'm not too big to apologise when I do something wrong. Um, I thought it was Hooper. My apologies if it wasn't him. Do I watch any other sports besides football? Yes, mate. Um, boxing is, is a sport I love dearly. Football, boxing. I've really gotten into NFL. 
over the last uh, the last couple of years. I'm a newbie to the sport, but I really enjoy it. Um, and then like combat sports, I watch a bit of UFC, watch some tennis, but it's football and boxing really. Where's the audio? I don't know is the honest answer because we've not had a confirmation that they will 100% be um, releasing it. Now, what I can say to you is Liverpool have indeed appealed Curtis Jones' red card. What the outcome of that is, um, I'm not sure. Someone says, no rugby, Craig. I'm a fair weather fan when it comes to rugby. I'll watch the big things. Like, I'll watch the British and Irish Lions when they go to take on New Zealand or they go in South Africa or whatever. I'll watch the World Cup. I'll probably watch the final of the the European Cup or the Heineken Cup or whatever the hell it's called these days. But now nah, I wouldn't class myself as a rugby fan. I wouldn't undermine real rugby fans by associating myself with them. Oh, by the way, off topic for a second. Have you guys seen the imagery and the footage going around of that new venue in Las Vegas, The Sphere? If you haven't had the pleasure of seeing this yet, Google it, look it up. You two played a gig there the other night. So The Sphere is this spherical building where it's basically all one big giant screen and it's it's the best thing I've ever seen. I, I don't know how else to describe it to you. They can turn the entire outside of the building into like a human eye or uh, a smiley face emoji. Inside, the vision is, oh my God. It is now my life's ambition to get to the sphere, to go to a show. Wow. Only in Vegas, but it is, it's the most stunning modern innovation I've seen in entertainment in I don't know how long. It's fucking awesome uh, once the mistake was noticed stop the game call the two coaches tell them about the mistake bounce the ball let the roads go open there so what they could have done as you've said was halt the game admit there was a problem and Spurs could have let Liverpool score we've seen that done before where goals have been incorrectly awarded and the other team just lets the team kick off and go and score so we could have found a way to find a resolution during the game but what did they choose? They chose to bottle it. They chose to sit on it. They chose to just carry on. And what happened then? Liverpool didn't go 1-0 up. We ended up losing a game. We ended up having men sent off. And anything could have changed. The whole trajectory of that game would have changed. I don't know what the result would have been. But I can't say we would or wouldn't have had red cards. But I can tell you, we would have been 1-0 up. Uh, the sphere is badass. Oh, Liz, it's so good. Like, I'm not a U2 fan, but wow. Like, there's so many images of it doing the rounds. Check it out when you get a chance. It is awesome. My friends, I'm going to go over in a few minutes to do a watch along of Fulham versus Chelsea uh, over on top of the league. There is a link pinned to the top of the live chat. I'm not going yet, so don't be heading off. But we're going to go over there in about five or ten minutes. If you want to come over, we'll carry on the conversation. We'll, of course, chat about the football. You know what to do. You can either scan the QR code in the bottom corner to subscribe to Top of the League, or you can click the link at the top of the live chat when I'm finished, and that'll bring you straight over. Rugby stadiums are less advanced than football stadiums. Um, for instance, still a bowl stadium. Look, I've been to... I went to Headingley for um, Josh Warrington versus Maurizio Lara. And I was in the, I got a corporate ticket to it. We forked out and got a, we had a meal and stuff there. It was class. But it was brilliant because the grandstand in the middle, one side you could see Headingley, the cricket ground. And the other side you could see Headingley, the rugby league stadium. And it was one of the coolest things I've, I've been to. It's amazing. Um, and also Lords looks amazing. The media center at Lords cricket ground looks phenomenal when you're driving past as well. What's your prediction for the game? 2-1 Chelsea. I think they have to get a game. They have to get a decent win eventually. Team news is in, by the way, for that game. So I'll take you through that in a couple of moments. Snake Eye, welcome to Anfield Agenda FC, buddy. Appreciate you. Newlands too, said Ed Stone. Haven't had the pleasure of being there yet. I've, um, I haven't been to Lords either. It's just when I was going, when I was on the kickoff. The journey, the taxi would take me from the airport, went past Lord's Cricket Ground. And, um, yeah, it just looks amazing. Actually, bit of uh, transparency. 
You know on top of the league, those of you who've watched the channel, you know the sub count above my head on top of the league. I asked Drawdy, Ben, to design that as a kind of homage to the uh, media centre of the Lord's Cricket Ground. That was my inspiration for that little idea because I thought it looked so cool. Uh, we love you, Craig. You do such a good job and you're a true Liverpool fan. Thank you, man. Look, I'm the same as all of you. I am just that, a fan. I don't consider myself to be an influencer, a media personality. I'm someone who, in my opinion, got lucky and also has a good work ethic at what I do. But I love football. I love our club. I love the city of Liverpool. Um, and I love chatting with you guys about a game that's brought me so much joy over the years. Um, Liam Thomas said, Refereeing is so bad in this country that I'm beyond believing it's all an accident and actually is blatant corruption. Look, Liam... I have my own feelings as well, bud, that, you know, I would at least say I don't believe this is always an accident or unintentional. I'm not going to go as far as to talk about corruption, but I definitely feel that there is, at the very least, some inherent biases for or against specific clubs by specific officials. Whether that's because of poor experiences with managers, players, fans, I don't know. Whether that's because of allegiances of clubs growing up, I don't know. But it just doesn't feel right to me at the minute. I finally got a YouTuber who doesn't spread hate talk point to point now. I'm a school student in Nepal and it's 12am here. I'm watching. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ruben. Um, look, buddy, I will, I'm a hothead. I will go on rants. I will get worked up. But I appreciate my audience. I appreciate the time people give to come and listen to me and talk with me and i'll only ever try my best to make you guys proud that's what i've always said when are you on the kickoff next i'm not you know i uh, i walk i i decided not to continue i, I don't want to go into why but let me just say to reiterate brian aka true geordie and the entire team at the kickoff were only ever lovely to me only ever treated me magnificently well only ever welcomed me and it was for, um, I guess it was, how would I call it? Just a slight difference of ideas, in a certain extent. No big problem. Just, I, I had some thoughts that I thought could have made things a little bit better. And, yeah, so there's no bad blood. I, I have nothing but respect for the lads. Brian is a gent. I uh, hope to meet him again someday and do some stuff with him. But it just, it didn't work out. That's unfortunate, like. But, again, no underlying problems or anything. Can't speak highly enough of them. How did you fall in love with Liverpool? It's a really weird story. So, when I was about seven or eight, my parents went to, I like to say a dinner party, but we're working class, so what it really was was a Chinese and cans. So my parents went to their friends' houses, and their friends lived out in Rohini, which is on the north side of Dublin. So they were in the kitchen having a Chinese and a few cans and I was in the sitting room having a Chinese and some soft drink. And I just tuned in to watch a game of football. And I wasn't, I was only getting into football at this time. Like I'd known about Barcelona and stuff, but I hadn't really fallen in love with the English game. And I watched Arsenal come to Anfield to take on Liverpool. And I didn't understand the significance of it initially. But I seen Arsenal beat Liverpool 2-0 and win the first division title. You all know the game I'm talking about. 89-90 season, I think it was. Um, and I was spellbound by the respect that the crowd showed to that Arsenal team. The fact they clapped them off the pitch. And even though Liverpool lost, for some reason, I was captivated by Anfield. And I then asked my dad. My birthday came up a while later. I asked him to buy me a Liverpool shirt. I'll never forget it. Uh, I got the grey flecky candy shirt. It was my first Liverpool shirt. And from that moment on, I was I was fixed, obsessed with football, joined a football team, started playing football, played it throughout my entire life, played at quite a high level, and uh, just loved the sport. But yeah, it was a loss. A loss. Right, my friends, I'm going to get ready and go over to top of the league for the Fulham Chelsea watch along. If you would like to come and join us, you can just click that link at the top of the live chat there now or scan that QR code in the corner. There is a news video that's going to be coming out as soon as this stream is over as well on Anfield Agenda, so please do check that out. Um, Craig lost his virginity while wearing that red shirt. I'm trying to think what I was wearing when I lost my virginity. 
Um, I, do you know what? I don't have the answer. To, I'm sure it was probably something Adidas, though. I'd be fairly certain it was probably something Adidas. Um, right, my friends, look, I hope to see you over on top of the league. We'll continue the conversation. We'll have a little bit of fun. I'll be over there in two minutes. Use the link at the top of the chat or scan the QR code. Much love. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.